Empty Set Entertainment presents Slay, created by Scott Sigler. This story is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, junkie. Welcome to Slay, episode number eight, entitled, Do You Even Read, Bro? I hope you dig it. We just finished our new website. I've been talking about that for a while, and uh, it's finally, finally up. I would say we're almost finished. There's still quite a lot of work to be done on it. You can see it over at scottsigler.com. I don't think it was quite ready to launch, probably not even close to be ready to launch, but the developer had been working on it for 10 months, and we'd finally had enough, so we just soft-launched that beast, wanted to see what was broken, found broken things, fixed them. We're still fixing things. We have fixed a lot, but not all. It'll take a month or two to get it all ironed out. The whole site is on Shopify, which we think will help for new t-shirts, new merch, and eventually new paperbacks of our old goodies. The two areas you might be most interested in are the podcast and the store. The podcast part is not ready yet, not on the site anyway. If you are getting this episode through any kind of a feed, you're still getting it through the feed. We're just not really up to date getting those feeds posted over at scottsigler.com. The store, though, is up and rolling. Go to scottsigler.com and click on the shop menu at the top to see our t-shirts, our books, all of our good stuff. And when you go there, you're probably going to get a pop-up to subscribe to the newsletter or to our SMS service, some tech service. Just do that. That's going to wind up getting you a 10% coupon once we launch that, which is only a couple of weeks away. Basically, everyone who signed up for the newsletter or getting our SMS text alerts when we send out that 10% coupon is going to get one, and then we'll figure out what to do after that. All right, now back to Slay. Let me get you caught up on the story, and then we're all going to go rip off some curls with like a really stoked set of hardcovers, bro. Previously on Slay, Kalista ordered Lincoln to kill Ariella Goldsmith, a lawyer. To keep his son safe, Lincoln had no choice but to comply. He had his hands full when Ariella fought back hard with powerful magic. Just as Lincoln was about to finish the job and bury a hatchet blade in her skull, she blurted out that she could get Lincoln out of his contract with Callista. Ariella told Lincoln she knew how to save his son. That claim bought her ten minutes of life. And now, in episode eight, we find out if her words will buy her many minutes more. What a difference 20 minutes can make. This woman had sicked a bookshelf golem on him. He'd almost cleaved her head in two. And now, 20 minutes later, they were sipping tea and talking about legal shit. So, that's how it's done, Ariella said. Her eyes flicked to his pistol. He'd left the Keltac on the table, a quiet reminder to her of what he'd been sent here to do. It sat next to the legal pad Ariella had used to outline what she knew. Yes, an actual legal pad, now covered with notes written inside scrawled squares and rectangles, lines with arrows drawn between them. So that's it? Ariella nodded. That's it? Lincoln pulled the pad closer studied the sketched flowchart. Sure, he must have missed something. So I commit to giving Kalista a hoard of treasure over the next year, and I'm out of the contract? But during that year, she still has to protect my son? 
Might be 18 months to two years, Ariella said. It depends on the significance of the treasure obtained and when we give it to her. But basically, yeah, you get out of that shitty deal you made and she's obligated to continue protecting Sam. He kept staring at the flowchart, but he wasn't focusing on it anymore. It might as well have been random smudges and smears. All the things I've had to do for Kalista. It, it, it can't be this simple to get out of it. Ariella laughed. She picked up her mug of tea, leaned back. Simple? We're talking a lot of treasure, Lincoln. Old school monster movie horde kind of stuff. How could he have left his son on the shelf all this time? How could he have not known about this? Look, I get we need a ton of treasure, Lincoln said. I just, I didn't realize there was a legal way out of this. Ariella leaned forward. When you signed the contract with Kalista, did you read the fine print? He stared at the pad, seeing it and not seeing it. Lincoln, did you read any of it? His eyes met hers. I skimmed it. Ariella lowered her mug to the table. You signed a contract in your own blood, a contract to keep your only child safe from unfathomable nightmares, and you didn't read it? Did you at least have a lawyer look at it? His lack of response was all the answer she needed. Sure, in retrospect, what she said seemed obvious. But he hadn't thought about it at the time. You, Lincoln Franks, are a grade-A dumbass. You know what you need? A malicious smile teased his mouth, and he didn't bother to hide it. This grade-A dumbass needs to finish the job he was sent here to do? A touch of fear returned to Ariella's eyes. Uh, no. She took a sip of tea. What you need is a partner. Ariella had told him a way out of his contract with Kalista. In short, she'd said exactly the thing Lincoln most wanted to hear. Not that long ago, it had been Kalista telling him exactly what he'd wanted to hear. And how had that worked out? No matter how tasty the bait, a trap is still a trap. He sniffed deeply, once again taking in Ariella's scent. She smelled faintly of cherry blossoms, her perfume, but also of the things she'd done in her life. She smelled of ambition, of arrogance, and of more than a little conceit. She smelled of someone who crushed other people. Not in a physical way, though. She did the battle of the intellectual variety, and in that particular ring, she took no prisoners. But she did not smell of murder, and she did not smell of hatred. Yes, she smelled of wickedness, but not of the violent sort, not of thievery or betrayal. Her wickedness was a sick glee she felt when she defeated enemies who pitted their brains against hers. In short, she smelled pretty much like every other lawyer in existence. I have to make a phone call, Lincoln said. Ariella stood. I understand. I'll go ahead and give you some privacy. Lincoln tapped a finger on the Keltec. Ariella swallowed. What I mean to say is, I'll just go ahead and sit back down. From his cloak, he pulled out a cell phone. It was a burner. He went through them like popcorn. He would have used a sphere, but that could be even more traceable than a terrestrial signal, 
and he didn't want to draw a world of shit down on someone who had done nothing wrong. There were two rings, then there was an answer. Link, Patrick Cantrell said. Did you change your mind? Oh, you want the kabooter and camping after all. Oh, wait, or did you decide you want back in the bastion? Because I can... Shut up, Lincoln said. I'm never going back to the bastion. I need you to answer a question. A pause. Sure, Link. What's another favor between us? Have you ever heard of a lawyer named Ariella Goldsmith? A longer pause. You're asking this because I take it you haven't heard of her? I don't spend my time reading law blogs or watching true crime shit, if that's what you're asking. I suppose not, Patrick said. Because if you did either or bothered to know anything at all in the bounty hunting business other than how to kill things, you would have heard of her. She's a legal rock star, Lincoln. A real bad boy of the trade. Or bad girl. Heck, I don't know how she identifies. What I do know is, if I have a case opposite hers, I'm going to settle for whatever she wants to avoid going into a courtroom against her. That's up here on the surface, or a commonality case down in the patchwork. Patrick Cantrell was no coward. If he freely admitted he wouldn't square off against Ariella in court, that spoke volumes. All right, so if this goldsmith says she can get me out of a contract with Kalista, you think she can do it? The longest pause yet. So long, Lincoln almost asked if Patrick was still there. Lincoln, are you making a deal with Ariella Goldsmith? Just answer the question, Lincoln said. Uh, well, what's wrong with my firm? Would your firm take on Kalista? No, Patrick said. Not a chance. Then answer my question. He heard Patrick draw a big breath. Since the man was about to deliver information, he'd rather not divulge at all. If anyone can get you out of that contract, it's Ariella Goldsmith. But listen, Lincoln, she, Lincoln, hung up. He'd almost made up his mind. All Patrick would do was introduce doubt to that decision. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Lincoln, put the phone away. All right, lawyer lady, 
Tell me how we work as partners. It's simple, Ariella said. I find the clients that pay what we need them to pay, as in with treasure, magic items, historical relics, legendary weapons, cursed or blessed objects, that kind of thing. I negotiate a price. You do the job. We receive the treasure. I keep Kalista pinned down with legal maneuverings to make sure Sam stays safe until we finish paying what's owed in the contract. She was so smug, so full of, well, full of knowledge. You're asking me to take a huge leap of faith, Lincoln said. I'm not so good with faith. Is that why you bailed on the bastion? She knew about that? Hell, everyone did, probably. That was one of the reasons. I would love to hear the rest. Well, you won't, Lincoln said. These jobs you want me to do. I won't kill innocents. Hmm. And what was my crime exactly? Ariella took a sip of tea. What did I do to deserve death? He looked away from her. Answer me, Lincoln. He forced himself to meet her gaze. Don't push your luck, lady. You had no idea if I was innocent or not when you came in here, right? A lie sprung to his lips. She already knew the truth. No, he said. I didn't know. So you will kill innocents? It's important for me to know what to put in our business plan. She was starting to piss him off. I won't kill innocents, he said. It was a mistake to come here. I won't take this kind of job again. It's part of why I'm making this deal with you. Ariella nodded. I'm glad to hear it. If you would kill innocents for money, I wouldn't work with you. I give you my word that every one you kill has it coming and then some. I can get you that treasure. I can free your son, but it'll take a while. In return, you take the jobs I give you. Agreed? Lincoln reached out, absently turned his mug on the table. Always killing, he said. Why is it me always killing something? Lincoln, are you a good trombone player? The non sequitur caught him off guard. Trombone? I don't play trombone. Which means you aren't a good trombone player. If you were, people would ask you to play trombone. You're good at killing. So I'm asking you to kill. You're either going to do it for me or you're going to do it for Kalista. What's it going to be? Lincoln Franks knew he wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but he wasn't dull either. Choosing this path puts Sam at risk. A gamble beyond compare. But if Lincoln could get Sam off the shelf, away from a temporary, oh-so-fragile bubble of safety set deep in a roiling sea of agony and horror, he had to roll the dice. He had to. Fuck it, I'm in, he said. Good, I'll draw up the paperwork. We'll file this with the commonality. Terrestrial law doesn't really cover our deal. The commonality was the broader legal organization of the patchwork. Each religious territory in the patchwork had its own set of laws, but those laws varied wildly. A binding contract and Olam Haba wouldn't hold a thimble of water in Valhalla. For legal structures that could be enforced across all the patchwork, you had to deal with the commonality. All right, I'll be waiting, Lincoln said. So where are you going to go next? Ariela leaned back, considering. 
I might see if I can score an invite to the Masquerade Ball. Bilderberg Club is hosting it this year. A lot of powerful people there. Rich people. The kind of people who hoard treasure and need jobs done. If you and I are working together, I can... No, no, no. Not the business version of where are you going next. I mean the literal version. As in, you can't stay here anymore. Why not? Lincoln's eyebrows rose. You're fucking with me, right? Ariella looked perplexed. Are you fucking with me by asking if I'm fucking with you? Four hells. Could someone so smart really be this oblivious? Galista wants you dead, Lincoln said. The second she realizes I didn't kill you, she's going to put a contract on your head. She gave me this address. You'll have every two-bit bounty hunter coming here to take you out. And the good hunters as well. You heard a boss hog or finish the job, Johnson? Ariella nodded, slowly, her eyes wide with realization. Yes, she said. I've heard of those people. Guys like them, Lincoln said. Them and others. Once word gets out I'm not doing Kalista's bidding, there will be a line of killers around the block. People who want to take my place as her go-to guy. Until that moment, Ariella had mostly been the picture of confidence. Yes, Lincoln had almost killed her, but as soon as violence shifted to conversation, she became the hunter rather than the hunted. Lincoln had felt the shift, had known he was caught in a predator's gaze. When Ariella Goldsmith understood what was happening, she was a tiger. When she came across new information, particularly of the you're-going-to-die-a-horrible-death variety, she was a scared lamb. I don't know where to go, she said. Europe, maybe? Do you have an unmarked account somewhere? you have money that's not attached to your name or the name of any former business of yours? Her eyes widened further. They can find me if I spend money? Not just a scared lamb. I a naive one, too. Of course they can, Lincoln said. Any withdrawal, any credit card use, any credit check, and bounty hunters will know where you are within days. You have some gold stashed away? Maybe some gems? Ariella nodded. I have some. Then take everything you have and get to the island, Lincoln said. I know a guy there who can act as an intermediary. He'll take your gold, then use his own to rent you the place. Buy you some food. He'll set you up with a nice hidey hole. The gold she had might carry a touch of her essence. Good hunters had ways of tracking that, just as they had ways of tracking normal monetary transactions. Swapping out her gold would buy her some time. I can't go to the island, she said. Why? People there want me dead. Lincoln frowned. Which people? Ariella said nothing. Not just Kalista, Lincoln said. Other people want you dead, too? Ariella nodded. Who? That's not your concern, she said. This woman was bad news. Bad with a capital B. And also a capital A, D, N, E, W, and S. You need to tell me who's after you and why, Lincoln said. You can't possibly expect me to work with you, side by side, when there are unknown enlightened who want you whacked so bad that you won't even consider going to the island? Who is it, lady? Ariella's eyes narrowed. Her expression changed. Exit lamb, enter lion. 
I expect you will do whatever it takes to save your son, she said. Just knowing about the treasure payoff isn't enough, Lincoln. You need to know how to manage the contract, handle payments and delivery, and most of all, to find the people willing to pay what you need for the jobs you can do. So I'll find another lawyer, Lincoln said. Ariella smirked. (laughs) You better have unquenchable and utterly reliable faith in whoever you choose. Once you start down that path, one wrong legal step means Kalista can drop protection of Samuel. Ariella shrugged. Or you can walk away from me, not pursue the path that will set your son free, and go back to being Kalista's little murder bitch until Sam turns 18, is set free, and he hates your stinking guts for leaving him there to rot for 12 years. You're in the power position, Mr. Man in Gray. You decide. Four hells, but she was arrogant. The smartest girl in the class, making sure everyone else knew she was smarter than them. But it wasn't an act. Ariel Goldsmith was smart. Smarter than Lincoln by far. Just one short conversation had educated his ass on that particular topic. Sam could stay on the shelf for eight more years. How many people would Lincoln have to kill during that time? And what if he got killed himself? What would happen to Samuel then? The smartest girl in class was right. I'll do it, Lincoln said. I'll go into business with you. Ariella smiled a smile meant to look cocky, but it couldn't hide her relief. She understood that, now, her life was forfeit without his protection. Great, she said. Well, if I can't stay here, do you have any suggestions? Any place they can't find me? With a sinking feeling, Lincoln realized he did know of such a place. The only place, in fact. You'll have to come live with me for a while, he said, until I can figure something else out. With that, Ariella seemed to finally realize her position to truly own it. Thank you, she said. Lincoln nodded. That's the cost of doing business. Her smirk returned. I'm sure it is, she said. But if you think you're going to come on to me at some point and we'll become lovers, it's not going to happen. Lincoln laughed. Did she think he lived in some swank penthouse with silk sheets where women came to be seduced? Hmm, maybe she did. She'd get a dose of reality soon enough. Don't flatter yourself, he said. You're too damn skinny. And she was too damn skinny. The woman needed a sandwich. Or ten. I need a little time to close up shop, she said, to figure out what I need to bring with. You don't have time, lady. Pack a suitcase. One suitcase. And make it fast. To be safe, we need to get back to my place before daybreak, which means you got about thirty minutes before we leave. He expected her to argue with him, to demand more time, but she didn't. Ariella knew the score. When it came to legal matters, he would listen to her. In the don't-get-your-head-cut-off-and-stuffed-into-a-rune-box matters, she would listen to him. I'll be ready in 30, she said. That's enough time to pack my bathroom bag and maybe a few other necessities. Bathroom? I did have 30 minutes. Did your shower work? Ariella stood. Of course my shower works. Why? 
Uh, can I use it real quick? She stared for a moment. Am I to gather that where you live, where you were taking me to live, the place does not have a working shower? <laughs> Damn, you're quick, Lincoln said. You should be a lawyer or something. Ariella rubbed at her face. Fine, use my shower. If it makes you smell less like spoiled cheese Danish, I'm all in. Spoiled cheese Danish? That was harsh. Oh well, she would know what it was like to stink soon enough. I'll leave the door open a crack, he said. If anyone comes for you while I'm showering, just scream. With that, Lincoln headed off to take his first shower in more than a week. Magda would be jealous, but hell, her anger at that would be nothing compared to how pissed she would be when Lincoln walked in with a new roommate. You have been listening to Slay, created and read by Scott Sigler. Copyright 2023, Empty Set Entertainment. For more information on the author and more books, visit scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song They're Watching Me by the band Superweapon. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 